Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Happy rainy Wednesday. I feel like I'm going to be saying that every day. <laughs> you are. Happy rainy Wednesday. I came in last night. I was just out for a little while. Like, this is bottom of your pants are soaked weather for the next few days. Big time. Just crazy. Um, So this should tell you something about how little I'm following baseball. Yeah. Um, because who is? Uh, and we'll get to the Royals here in a second. Um, <laughs> so World Series is coming up? Yeah. Uh, and we just found really? out there was the, the D-back swing bringing us in. Uh, any excuse to play Roger Clyde on the show. But, uh, yeah, the, the Arizona Diamondbacks made their way into the World Series last night. They beat the Phillies 4-2. to two. So they will take on the, uh, the Texas Rangers for the World Championship this year. Home field goes to the National League this year because the American League can't win a an all-star game to save its life. So that means if there is a Game 7 and this, will be in Phoenix. Okay, so the only reason I knew that this was coming is there is significance to these two teams. Not in the best way, is, but there is significance. Is there? You know something I don't, apparently. <laughs> okay. Um, well, now I'm caught off guard because I fig- now now you make me worry oh. that I'm wrong. Like no, you, lowest record, low. These two teams coming into it oh, were like the lowest. There's something the, significant the lowest, about that. The lowest seeds in their respective conferences. Yeah, yeah that that may very well be. Uh, you are ahead of me as far as baseball goes. Let me make sure Can I'm I not wrong. Jump in here, please. Yeah, sure. The, these two teams two years ago were both over a hundred losses and oh, have wow. now turned around and have become inside the World Series. And both of these teams were. Almost a majority of both of these teams acquired their players via trade. So they're like very uniquely built rosters. So they they stacked themselves up for a run at this and they both got there in two yeah. years. That's that is pretty amazing. Um, how did they do this year? I mean, what were their records like overall? Well, the Rangers were going to win their division and then they blew it at the very end to let the Astros win their division and the Diamondbacks were sort of always in it but about mid-June they made just a ton of moves I know the the player Madison Bumgarner doesn't bring joy back to a lot of people here in Kansas City but he was on the Diamondbacks and got cut because he was playing so bad so these are two teams that look like they were going to be top dogs for a while and then sort of fell off a cliff and are now in the World Series. See, this is why it's advantageous that Colin, unfortunately, has been a little under the weather for the last uh-huh. couple of days, and we borrowed Quentin from uh, 610 Sports. So <laughs> so when we get into these situations, we're not going to know, but he is. And this just proves to you that on Twitter sometimes, all I see is like every other word 
of a tweet because I think yeah. that's what I saw. What I, what I interpreted was World Series teams bad. Ah, <laughs> and bad was okay. the only word that I remembered out of what I read. So yeah. thanks it's, for filling in the blanks. It's akin to when uh, yeah, when the Cowboys won the Super Bowl, I guess it was back in 92 or 93, uh, and they were two years removed from a one in fifteen record, and they yeah they were able to turn it around that quick as well. But yeah, in baseball you rarely see that happen. The only team I remember doing that in the past was uh, Florida, and they did it the same way. They just went out and just bought every player, and of course won the World Series, and nobody in Miami cared. As long as we're talking about baseball. We sort of said we weren't going to talk about this again until we had an announcement. Uh-huh. But we can touch on this for a second. Um, understandably, Jackson County lawmakers are getting annoyed and impatient. These are my words, not theirs, but annoyed and impatient about the lack of a decision about where the new stadium is going to go. And they have now put a deadline on it. Yeah, that's that's really the news about this is that they're going, come on, guys. I mean, this is just getting silly. Now, there's a couple of oddities about this. What they did is they can't really force the Royals to do anything. So it's County Executive Frank White who has been negotiating back and forth with the Royals about, okay, if it's a Jackson County affair, if, if the stadium is going to end up in the downtown site, uh, like it, everybody seems to be on the same page that it's probably going to, then how much is this going to cost the the county? How much tax money is going to be involved in this? How much money is going to come from the team? Where's it going to come from? That sort of thing. And as those negotiations have been going on and on and on and making everybody's eyes bleed, the uh, Jackson County legislature got together last night and said, you have two days, Frank White, go get an answer. And he didn't like that. No. He didn't like being given that 48-hour deadline to be able to do it. Um, to, because of what you just said, it's a big deal. It's... Um, there are a lot of players involved, so to speak. It's a lot of money involved. It's a lot of taxpayer money involved. It's complicated. And he said, you know, sometimes the legislature will demand things that we just can't give you just because you want it. And so he didn't he didn't like that to, to have to respond in 48 hours. Yeah, the other odd thing about this is that this was a meeting that took place yesterday and, you know, wrapped up in the evening hours yesterday. And, and they came up with this recommendation or this, this edict to Frank White to go get a, a response in 48 hours to get some kind of, of final recommendation for what kind of package the county can put together. Three of the council people were absent. Well, yeah. that's nice. It's not like they were doing anything important. I'm trying to remember how many there are. 12? 10? Uh, the it's a big was, number. The vote was 5 to 1, and there were 3 gone, so that would lead me to believe 9. 9. Okay. For some reason, I thought it was more than that. Um, and it was a special meeting that they had, which says to me, usually special meetings are scheduled sometimes at the last minute. Yeah. Um, or at the very least, they're outside of the normal realm of what meetings they have. Could you not have waited until the three legislators could be there? <laughs> yeah. Now, it wouldn't have made any difference. Even if all three of them had voted right. against it, it still would have passed. But it, I mean, if you're going to do something important like that, how about we have everybody show up? So my question is, does he have to do it? Does Frank White? Well, what are they going to do if he doesn't? Right. They can't right. fire him. He also could say, listen, I've tried. Yeah, no, couldn't, you know, couldn't, well, couldn't get it done. And, and really what they did is they, they didn't give him a 48 hour deadline on getting a response from the Royals. They gave him a 48 hour deadline for coming up with their last best and final offer. 
So, and and it's not even that. It's it's whatever his eventual recommendation is going to be. It's like, okay, quit the back and forth, knock off the BS, get us a package that you're going to deliver to the Royals and say, this is what we're willing to do. And then it's up to the Royals to respond to that, which, again, I mean, even if they do get Frank White to do this in 48 hours, okay, so the Royals take six months to respond. I mean, what right. are they going to do? They can't force them. It's interesting because the way this is worded, um, out of Fox 4, legislators voted to give Frank White 48 hours to get back to them with his recommendations on the Royals' latest reply and term sheet offer. Yeah. It sounds like it's in Frank White's court. So are they going to accept it? Yeah, is Frank right. White going to take the, the latest thing from the Royals and say, okay, yeah, this is fine, we can move on? Or will he recommend, no, these are the tweaks that we need to make to make this work for the county? Listen, I understand, you know, we're still going through problems with the appraisals and stuff in Jackson County. And mm -hmm. I don't know if that's just got him so busy and tied up. Um, but at the very least, within 48 hours, and this is sort of their point, get back to them on what your like what your holdup is or what questions you still have. Yeah. Communication helps. Just tell them something about where you are with it. Sure. Yeah. And it's just a matter of get on with it, because as you said, they're starting to send signals that they're as annoyed with this whole thing, just dragging out. Wasn't it the beginning of September when we were supposed to have an answer? And then it was going to be the end of September. Uh-huh. And then they came out with that very lengthy statement that basically <laughs> said, said yeah, we don't really know when it's going to be. It'll be sometime. Uh-huh. You know, the le isn't it 2028 that the lease is up? out there so they've got time yeah uh, to figure it out it, it, they do but again pitter patter i mean it just because <laughs> stop stringing everybody along stop um it's, it's either 2028 or 2030 now and yeah now my brain's going in a million different directions but whatever the answer is it, it's going to take time it's going to take time mm -hmm. to build and get everything done and it's, I mean, they, they have to eventually come up with some kind of an answer so that the Chiefs are able to take that and say, okay, now we can move forward with a, with whatever our plans are eventually going to be. Speaking of the Chiefs, yeah. good way to get into this here. Um, So of all times that there could be a power outage planned, <laughs> this is not a good time to do this. Um, So if you recall coming up on November 5th, that is the day of the game in Germany. As we talked about, is it 8.30 in the morning, Central Time, because it plays at 3.30 p.m., Germany time. That is the day that a planned power outage is planned for Odessa, Missouri. Yeah, the entire town is going to go dark, and, and it's going to go from, they expect it to go. Now, they, they who knows, they may get their work done early, but you got to figure that they probably know what they're doing. That, that outage is scheduled to go from midnight to noon and I, I you know immediately there were people saying wait a minute that's a Sunday I gotta check the chief schedule yep well yeah it, it, you wonder if they thought okay well it's a Sunday but by noon we should be fine because mm -hmm. you know that's the earliest the games ever start except this one you pick the one Sunday <laughs> where that game isn't even a 1230 game I no. mean that's an that's an early morning game for us of all the Sundays you could have picked mm -hmm. you didn't check the chief schedule you picked the one day and noon I mean you you're gonna miss all of that almost all that game I yes. mean 
probably all of it. Uh, how would you like to be the generator salesman in Odessa, Missouri today? Because I'm guessing that they're, yeah, they're probably going to go through quite a few of them or run the rental in town. Uh, in fact, one bar owner that they said had planned on opening early for the game mm-hmm. is already, they're, they're already saying, yes, we've got the generators in place. No problem. We'll be able to have at least two TV screens, two big screens going and, uh, and have enough juice left over to run the coolers for the beer. Cause everybody wants a beer at eight 30 in the morning, but I guess if there's a game on, you know, it's kind of an unwritten rule. Um, it'll be interesting to see what, in fact, I was just talking to friends about this yesterday about what our plans are going to be for that morning. Like mimosas, maybe bloody Marys are going to happen. Yeah. Beer is going to happen at eight 30 in the morning, but I mean, for some people it will, uh, Evergy can't reschedule this. I'm sure they were asked, but they said, it's not that simple. Workers are scheduled to rebuild a transmission line that takes permits and coordination with the railroad and crews, and you have to get it done before it gets cold. This has to happen on that Sunday. Yeah, so there's there's no putting it off. And, I mean, you wonder why couldn't they just move it like a day earlier, do it on Saturday instead? But I, I guess there are – because reasons. That's why. And yes. they're going to do it this way. By the way, text line, we understand you all hate Frank White. Thank oh, you for yeah. your input. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yes, I don't know what Frank's Frank White's future is uh, in it, that job. If it were up to the text line, it would have ended yeah. yesterday. So, yeah. Uh, I think if it were up to a lot of Jackson County taxpayers whose appraisals came in much higher year to year, I think they would agree with you, but... No doubt. Digress. Uh, so, yes, thank you for your input. We appreciate it. I'm sure Mr. White would not, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, thank you for getting involved in the program. All right, real quick before we wrap this up here, um, there is a sweepstakes that is open until December 15th, if you want the chance to do the coin toss at Arrowhead. GEHA.com. That's really all you have to know, except there are a couple of provisos on this. Uh, In order to get involved, you have to be 18 years old or older. You have to pass a background check, which I want to come back to in just Uh a second. And uh, you also have to live in uh, any of the surrounding states. So it's Missouri, Kansas, Nebraska, Iowa, Oklahoma, or Arkansas. Illinois, sorry, you're out. But uh, for any of the other surrounding states, uh, you have to live at least kind of nearby, which makes sense. They don't want to you know, have somebody say, I can't do it. I have travel plans. Now, here's what you get if you win. And there will be runners up or, as Fox 4 put it, runner ups. Ugh. Oh, my heaven. Yeah. Um. If you win the grand prize, you get to do the toy, uh, the toy costs. See, now I'm screwed up. You get the, <laughs> to do the coin toss. And you'll receive two standing room only tickets, which seems a little chintzy to me for a grand yeah. prize. I mean, shouldn't you get a suite? You we, also, we have standing room only tickets at Arrowhead? Yeah, I, I'm glad I'm not the only one who didn't know that. I didn't know even that. know that. <laughs> no, because I saw that and went, I know the, the I, you know, I know the Royals have SRO tickets, but I didn't know the Chiefs did. So you get two standing room only tickets, one parking pass. You get to do the coin toss or toy toss, either way. Uh, and that's it. If And if you're one of the runners up, uh, you'll just get everything but the coin toss. So you'll get uh, the two standing room only tickets, two pregame field passes. So you'll be out there watching it all go down, but uh, you won't get to participate. And then you'll have the one parking pass for a designated home game. So just go to GEHA.com. They're apparently going to do a few of these. The first one will be the Eagles game on November 20th. They haven't said what the schedule is for the rest of them or how long this is going to go on. But my guess would be the earlier you get your name in, the better. And just go to GEHA.com. You can find the, the sweepstakes page right there.
It's four games because I'm on the four website where you can oh, okay. enter. It's November 20th, Chiefs versus Philly, December 10th versus Buffalo, uh, the Christmas Day game versus Vegas, and the New Year's Eve game versus Cincinnati. I wonder if they're going to have any rules because normally it's an official that does the, the coin toss. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they, because they know what official is going to be impartial, a Chiefs fan will not be impartial. But, yeah, I mean, are they going to have rules on how high you have to throw it and, you know, how many times <laughs> it has to spin? Because you don't want even something as silly as the coin toss. You don't want that to be an advantage either way. Um, we need to get to a break. Let's talk about that background check yeah. part for a second, but we have to get to a break. We'll uh, have more on this coming up here on KMBZ. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Who can enter to become what they call a coin toss captain at an upcoming Chiefs game? There are four of them that they've got on this list. Uh, November 20th, December 10th, and then Christmas Day and Christmas Eve. We were going through some of the requirements, and one of them that we noticed is that you have to pass a background check, mm-hmm. which is probably why they're waiting until the November 20th game, because that takes a bit. Yes, and and I have two questions about this. The first one is, if if uh, not, is it Chiefs of Holic? Which, which one was the one who is accused of robbing all the banks? Had, yeah, it, Chiefs it, was it? Yeah. Yep. If that had never happened, do you think that that would have come up? <laughs> or, um, because you also have to wonder, what are they looking for? So that's what makes you, um, a lot of things come up in a background check. Yep. So what are you, what makes you fail the background check? Is it any crime? Is it a certain kind of crime? What all are they looking for? Yeah, because you know, I mean, the last thing that they're going to want out of this is a headline that says, hey, the guy that they picked to do the coin toss beat his wife or you know, something right. like that. They, something that's going to be terribly embarrassing to GEHA. So, I mean, certainly, you know, robbing a bunch of banks would, would put you in that category. Uh, yeah, But are they looking for anything in particular? You're right. I, I wonder if it would be any crime or if there are some things that they would kind of look the other way. The other random question I have about it then is, does anyone who is on the field during a Chiefs game 
have to pass a background check? Wow. Uh, well, that would I know keep, you don't know the answer, well, but it's yeah, that would keep half the players in the NFL off the sidelines. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I I don't know. The only time that I've been on the field for an NFL game was uh, Super Bowl twenty five, and I, as far as I know, they didn't do a background check on me. But uh, yeah, I had a field pass to that one. Like, is it just because of the publicity? about this I that think you have to so. pass the background check or are we worried about anybody with a violent history being around you know some pretty high dollar players and an event yep um and, and i think that's that yeah that's probably what it, i don't think they're they're worried that you would do something like right there in front of every you're not going to punch a player or something like that but i i just think that they're worried that it that something would come out about you that would then reflect poorly on them for selecting you. So they're going to do a background check just to make sure there's nothing there. You entered? I did. I did. Tried. I, I put my name in just a little while ago. And uh, and it's funny. I, I always love it when they do this. Uh, anybody who remembers the old, I, I, mean, I know it's still going on, but the old publisher's clearinghouse sweepstakes mm-hmm. knows that when you filled that card out, you also had the opportunity to subscribe to a couple of magazines. And if you did, the little stamps showed up in this little window that they had in the envelope so they they could see if you did it or not. And they always said, this has no bearing on whether you win. You know, you can win even if you don't subscribe to anything. But then why put the little window in there? It's supposed to give you the impression that it matters. Yeah. And a couple of the questions that they ask you when when you're filling out this form are, are you a current GEHA member? Are you active or retired federal employee or military retiree? And then if you click no on that, because I'm neither, Mm -hmm. um, it then asks you if your spouse is. And at the very end, it says answering these questions will not increase your chances of winning. All winners are selected at random. Then why ask? Uh, Maybe just so they know if you are picked, they know that about you. But you could do that. I mean, if they're going to pick it totally at random, they could then interview you, which I'm sure they're going to do anyway. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> For sure. Do some kind of not only will they do the background check, but just so that they can say something interesting about you if you happen to win. And yes, as a couple of you have noted, the, the Buffalo Bills game is one of the ones that, <laughs> that's a potential here. I don't think they're going to pick me for that one. I just somehow I get the feeling that's not going to happen. I am looking through the four, thank goodness it's only four pages, but the four pages of official rules about the sweepstakes, um, there's nothing in there about the background check that I noticed in terms of what would exclude you. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, as I'm on the page where you fill it out, uh, let's see, any applicable federal, state, local taxes, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, I don't see anything there about it either. Um, hmm, yeah, that's interesting that they're going to do a background check and yet they don't tell you that. If anyone is in sight, 913-586-7798. Still to come this hour, we have an update. Uh, There has been a settlement awarded in a case of a woman who ordered coffee from Dunkin' and it was too hot and spilled. Get to that coming up here on KMBZ. Here, 913-586-7798. All right, we have several lawsuit stories uh, to get into here. And the first one... Comes to us out of Dunkin' Donuts. I, I know the hot coffee debate happens a lot. In this case, you have uh, a woman who ordered a cup of coffee from Dunkin', and she claims that the lid was not secured tightly, and that caused it to spill, and it was so hot that she racked up over $200,000 in medical bills. 
Now there's a settlement. Yes, and she said that not only was it $200,000 worth of medical bills, according to the statement from her lawyer, it was bad enough that she had to relearn how to walk. And because it was handed out through the drive through window, and she says that the employee who handed it to her, as you just said, didn't secure the lid tightly enough. The lid popped off, coffee spilled everywhere and all over her. Um, interesting that this one never went to a jury, that, that the company mm-hmm. decided to go ahead and settle this, and they settled it for $3 million. That's, uh, they said, to compensate the woman for her injuries and the negative impact on her life. Because there is nothing, we can debate some of the others, and we certainly have, but in this case, if it is being handed to you through the drive-thru, I mean, you know how you do this. You you pick it up at the middle, sure. and then you, if it's not secured, you squeeze it a little bit just by virtue of putting your hand on it, and it's going to go everywhere. There's nothing, that's the way you grab it, and so you can't pick it up at the bottom and make sure it's secure before you get it in your vehicle, that's on them. Right. And, and normally, if I go through a drive through I get cold drinks. But that same thing can happen. And with cold drinks, you squeeze it like that, and the, the lid pops off, and you end up with Diet Coke all over your hand. It's right. not that big a deal. But when it's hot coffee that hits your hand, what are you going to do? You're going to drop it. Yeah, they said walking still causes her pain. She's older. Um, she is now 70, 70 years old. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, She can't go out in the sun. She must apply creams and ointments to her burns several times a day. And this happened in February of 2021. And that's still happening. Uh, Let's see. Second and third degree burns all over the place. I mean, absolutely everywhere in her lap. So Golden Donuts, which operates that location, agreed to a $3 million settlement to compensate her for the injuries and the negative impact on her life. Yeah, and she was making the case that they did two things wrong. You know, number one was the lid like we talked about, and number two, the coffee was too hot anyway. I mean, to cause that kind of damage, that that kind of scalding, then they need to make some changes. Oh, I guarantee you, changes will be made. If they haven't already, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. training will be done on the... Don't you want to be in on that training? The proper way to secure a lid to the top of a cup and to double check it. Endlessly, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, the, uh, the the temperature part is interesting um, because I would assume that's uniform, you know, across. But I bet you could lower that by a few degrees and it it makes a big difference. Yeah, they, they probably have recommendations like Dunkin' Donuts Corporate, which is Boston, if memory serves correctly. Um that they probably have a recommendation to all of the franchisees of keep the coffee between this temperature and this temperature to avoid this kind of thing. I mean, the McDonald's lawsuit from back in the 90s was the one that really kind of sounded the klaxon for all of the the fast food world. Hey, you need to pay attention to this because it's going to cost you a lot of money if you don't. But even though they may have those recommendations, we go back to what we said about Frank White. You can't force them to follow the recommendations. If they don't, then it's on the, which is why this isn't costing Dunkin' Donuts anything. It's costing the franchisee. Right. Okay. Then we have an update on the Taco Tuesday trademark fight. Uh, If you recall this one, Taco John's was the one that, that had trademarked that phrase. It had it in 49 states for two decades, but in their 50th state, which was New Jersey, there was a different place that had that trademark for even longer than Taco John's had, and it continued to hold out 
So this this fight kept going for a while. Yeah, forty years worth. They had had yeah. that. They had held that trademark in New Jersey alone because it's a New Jersey based chain, a place I had never heard of before. I haven't spent a whole lot of time in New Jersey, but uh, yeah, this chain had held the the copyright on Taco Tuesday for forty years. And I wonder what it cost Taco Bell. I mean, the the back and forth with Taco John's was a very public fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and Taco John's eventually relented because Taco Bell, they weren't seeking the copyright. Taco Bell didn't want the copyright. They wanted right. nobody to have it so that everybody right. could use the term Taco Tuesday, which everybody was kind of doing anyway. Um, so they, they eventually convinced Taco John's to relent. Uh, but this one, it, it sounds like if you've had that one for 40 years, if you wanted to fight, you could mm-hmm. probably win and at least continue to hold on to it in the state of New Jersey. So it sounds like money changed hands. Uh, Gregory's Restaurant and Bar was the one that held that trademark, and they gave it up. They just forfeited it this week. Uh, the co-owner said uh, relinquishing the trademark registration doesn't change that how much pride we've brought over the years, but it does allow others in New Jersey the same opportunity to build their own traditions and help spread Taco Tuesdays throughout the state. (laughs) Um, But what they're making it seem like is that it would have cost them at least $100,000 to fight it in court. The legal fees for Gregory's would have cost and so wh- much money. And what do you win? You, well, right. you, you still you win the, the copyright, but okay, what does that really gain you? Monetarily, it doesn't gain you anything. And, and you'll just have more fights over it. Yeah. And so why not give it up? But I do wonder how, if they gained some some dollars from that. It kind of sounds like it. it. The other thing about that is that now what they can do, I mean, they're, they're not really losing anything in this either because what they can do is start using in their marketing the original Taco Tuesday yes, or something along yeah. those lines, you know, just point out the fact we were the ones who came up with this and we're still kind of proud of the fact because now that the copyright is just gone, mm-hmm. nobody can stop them from doing that. Yeah, and it's funny. I think most people didn't know that it was trademarked in the first place. You see Taco Tuesday absolutely everywhere. Sure. Yeah, uh, there's there's a couple of – I don't want to call anybody out because I'm not 100% sure, but there's a couple of chains here in town that I'm almost positive. I've seen that on their special board before. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. it's. I can think of a couple of restaurants near me that do it every Tuesday because that's that's what they do. All right, and then for a couple of minutes here, uh, there has been a ruling – Uh, in a major class action case against Carnival Cruise Line. This is over COVID-19. This takes us back to the beginning, back early, uh, in the early part of 2020. When we, suddenly we went from we don't know what it is to now it's everywhere to lockdowns and shutdowns. And so now you've had a class action lawsuit and said that Carnival Cruise Line was negligent. They had a cruise that they said they failed to cancel and in not canceling it, over 600 people on this ship got COVID-19. Yeah. And, and 28 people died. It's funny to me, well, not funny, but just sort of ironic and weird, the fact that this cruise happened to be to New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Because if you remember, New Zealand had the strictest COVID-19 rules of any country. Uh, and Jacinda Ardern, who was running the country at that point, had was very proud of the fact that they kept it out of New Zealand for a long time. Uh, They have since had a couple of cases, but they did an excellent job early on when everybody else was falling victim to this. So, yeah, they had 2,671 passengers who were on board this cruise ship. 663 of them ended up getting COVID. 28 died. 
Uh, so it left Sydney on March 8th of 2020 for a 13-day cruise to New Zealand, but returned in 11 days. So it makes me wonder, did they, did they, did they even get, get all there? the way there yeah. or did they just turn around? Uh, and they made it in time before Australia's borders were closing. So they probably got out to see Australia said, you better get back by this date or we're not going to let you back in. And so they did. Um, and they ruled a federal judge said Carnival had been negligent as defined by Australian consumer law by allowing the cruise to depart in the early months of the pandemic, saying Carnival had a duty to take reasonable care of health and safety of the passengers in regard to COVID-19. You couldn't leave that up to passengers. You had to make that decision. Yeah, and, and a class action suit in this case, because there's only 2,600 people that were on board, is, I mean, you know, normally we hear class action suit and you get $1.09. You know, it's, it's probably not going to be that because it's a very small universe of people. But it was interesting that there was an individual lawsuit filed previous to this. There was one woman named Susan Karpik who sued Carnival on her own for exposing her to COVID-19. She sued him for a lot of money, didn't get a lot of money. Uh, she ended up getting essentially medical expenses. Yeah, 2,800 US yeah. is what she got out of that. It makes me wonder, I've not heard anything else about other lawsuits like this being filed against cruise lines that were operating at that time. And I'm sort of surprised at that. Most of them shut down pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, as, as soon as you started to get word that one ship was out there that had a whole bunch of COVID cases, all of the cruise lines went, yeah, we're going to stop for now. Yeah. So, and I don't know, um, I don't see the total for this class action suit, but um, <laughs> basically Carnival said, yeah, we're looking at the judgment. Yep. We're, we're, we're taking a look and see. We'll, we'll, we'll decide exactly what we're going to do here. Yeah. They may not have come up with a dollar amount yet. Right. All right, we'll take a break here. Uh, coming up, The Rock, not happy with how the Wax Museum has portrayed him. Get to that coming up here on KMBZ. 913-586-7798. So the Wax figure of The Rock is going to be redone because of a particular complaint that he had about the original. Yeah, they made him too white. <laughs> Dwayne, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who has been very proud over the years of his mixed race heritage, uh, was not terribly happy when this museum in France, Musée Glavine, or however the heck you say that in French, uh, they rolled out this wax figure of him, and within 24 hours, uh, they they started getting, they, they, they updated the... Uh, the, the the statue the wax figure they they you know they just painted it effectively is what they did but uh they said that it was his comments and the comments of others uh on social media about what they say was a botched wax figure because they made his skin tone too light they said they were working off of photographs but said that can be kind of tricky because Lighting can be different from one place to another. Skin tones can can differ from time to time. I mean, if you get a you know, nice deep dark tan or whatever. So they said that it was their fault. They did apologize, and they brought in artists who have now made him a tad darker to look more like he actually does. Uh, does it ever happen where they would ever, I think the answer to this is no, or obviously, they don't ever check with the subject of the figure before they unveil it, right? Not that I know of. I've only been to a couple wax museums. There was a Madame Tussauds. I think it's still there in uh, in Niagara Falls, uh, and I've been to you know a couple of other ones over time. 
And I don't remember ever hearing that they had done that. Because, I mean, sometimes you walk through a wax museum and go, dude, that doesn't look anything like him at all. Right. <laughs> um, so I'm, I just did an image search of The Rock uh-huh. to see how off this picture of the wax figure is. I mean, I'll give the wax museum credit that if you really are just looking at multiple pictures of him, uh-huh. it's not that far off. The uh, the original before they did uh, the the touch up work on this. I mean, if I were to walk through there and just saw that, uh-huh. I would I would have thought, okay, why is he white? Um, you know, he's he's not like pale white originally, but uh-huh. he's much lighter than he generally looks on TV. But if you don't know, you know, if if you don't really know who he is, and all you're doing is going off of photographs, okay, I can kind of see their point on that. Uh, but the yeah, I mean, clearly when you when you look at the the figure as it was originally unveiled versus the picture at the top where they've done the touch up work on him, it's much closer now. I don't know which one I have, quite frankly. Um, I might have the original in front of me. Oh, okay. I don't know if I have the updated one. The, I think the, I have a version of this that has the original. The updated one it actually shows the artist working on him. Okay, that, uh, that is not what I have. Okay, and the, and the other one is a picture of him standing in front of, uh, just in, in you know in, in front of a display, and there's a woman that's hanging onto his belt, I guess, doing some final adjustments. That is not either one. It's so it's funny. <laughs> I just have the CNN the version. <laughs> okay. I'm just looking for. I've got, I've got variety. Okay. The, the variety article will give you an AB comparison. Uh, I've, the, yeah, the and I've got I the BBC uploaded. now. Okay, yeah. That shows the one of her working on it. Um, yeah, I just, if you Google image him, he is definitely darker than what they created. Yes. But if if what they're saying is we saw some pictures of him where he looked lighter, they're right. You just have to look at a lot of pictures to get it like i'm looking at one version of him where he's outside and he you know it's it's the sun's on him and it's not that far off yeah okay all right and and that's fair but either way they've apologized because the i mean when the rock himself when the person who you were trying to depict says ah you kind of missed the boat on this one a little bit then then it's time to take it to heart um so yeah they have you ever been to a wax museum no i don't have a lot of interest yeah i mean i went when i was a kid you know what I mean? The, and probably had parents or grandparents who took me. Uh, there there were a couple. I remember, I don't even remember what museum it was. It's in Orlando. And we went to see one of those. It might have been like a Ripley's that also had mm-hmm. a wax museum as part of it. And they had one of Ed Asner as he was in the Mar- in Mary Tyler Moore's show, uh, you know, the, when he was Lou Grant standing by the desk and it was like a a whole diorama of the entire scene and it was stunning i mean you would not have been surprised if he reached out and shook your hand weirdly um the only time i ever pay attention to it is there have been a couple of unveilings that for some reason made news like when they did um prince william and princess kate when those were unveiled for some reason i that made news and i saw that yeah occasionally just the unveilings are interesting um, when they did the Obamas, that was interesting to see how close that was. Sure. Um, but otherwise, no. Yeah, and, and that's it. I mean, the high-profile stuff is always what's going to garner some kind of interest. But yeah, somebody on the text line said they gave him a spray tan. <laughs> yeah, well, kind of. Uh, 
but in this case, yeah, whether whether you get it right or not, I, that's such a touchy subject because there have been magazines that have been called on the carpet for that, for showing mm-hmm. pictures of people like Oprah Winfrey and mm-hmm. lightening her skin when they did, you know, showing the original photograph. Uh, and, and on the other hand, I remember this from the early days of the O.J. Simpson case, that there was a magazine, I want to say it was Newsweek, if I'm wrong, sorry, Newsweek, who was called on the carpet for the opposite in order to, to make him look more sinister because, okay. you know, it was a big salacious story about, oh, did O.J. murder his wife? They darkened him. So I'm on the website now for this, for this, for his wax figure, because it goes through what they did to get to this, the, the wax figure that they came up with. It's a lot of work. Uh, yeah, they said the teams went to gyms in hopes of finding a man who matched The Rock's extraordinary measurements. Good the luck. Stars, yeah, right. The star's Samoan tattoos took the painter's 10 days of painstaking work and a lot of research. The eyes of his wax work had to be redone three times to avoid too dark of a tint, making the star's face too hard and erasing its warm aspect. Okay. <laughs> that's how seriously um, they take this stuff it's it's a i mean it's more than a skill it's an art but yeah <laughs> I, I don't know how important an art it is i'm fascinated he said we were lucky enough to find someone who physically matched his build and height what was a little harder was the sample photo that was chosen where he just had a very slight smile on his face an expression that's difficult to achieve it was very subtle huh I'm I have su- zero artistic ability, so I, I find this fascinating. Yeah, and I'm a little surprised that they didn't do the raised eyebrow. I mean, that's kind of what mm-hmm. he's known for. If you're going to do the rock, then um, great song. If you're if you're going to make a wax figure of him, then wouldn't you want his his characteristic thing? Which makes me wonder who chose the sample picture, and why was it yeah. that? Yeah, right. Because most of the pictures you see of him, he's mugging for the camera and doing the raised eyebrow bit. Yeah. Um, so. They're going to redo it, and we'll see what it looks like. Hopefully, he's happy with it uh, when they eventually redo it. I'm sure he will be. Uh, real quick, while we have a minute here, um, I called this on our sheet an alien washed up on a California beach because that's exactly what it looks like. Yeah. Uh, for the second time in three years, a ghoulish reclusive species of deep sea fish washed ashore on a beach in Orange County. Yeah, it's an angler, right? Um, we did the story the last time it washed up with the big thing off the top yeah it's got the little fishing pole off the top of its Mm -hmm. head and it kind of glows in the dark because Mm -hmm. it's a deep sea fish way down there there's no light from the sun that gets down there so that attracts everything around then they just hold this thing out in front of their heads and kind of wiggle it around a little bit and whenever a fish comes near they jump out and they're hideous looking i mean they've got these giant needle-like teeth and it just it's horrible usually they don't make it to shore because either something eats them or you know because of the pressure difference they're they just kind of fall apart usually lives at depths of 2,000 to 3,000 feet this was the pacific football fish that was depicted <laughs> in finding nemo so that's how you would know the pacific image pacific football fish all right yes all right we'll take a break coming up in the next hour the johnson county home and remodeling show is coming up we'll talk to a guest about that next here on kmbz We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.